Hey guys, welcome to episode number nine, 10 things to our younger selves. I'm Sophie. And I am Haley. And today we're just going to be talking about some of the things that we wish people would have told us when we were younger or things that we wish we would have just known. Well, and I think there's a lot that we're like, we wish that we had that one person that sat us down and was like, hey, this might happen in life where these things are not to worry about. Yeah. And just, you know, some type of guidance um, through some of these situations. So we did make a list, obviously, 10 things. Um, and the first one that we came up with is secrets do not make friends really in any type of relationship setting. So I feel like for me, this was huge because I feel like all throughout school and just growing up, I did like try and make so many secrets and like promises to people to try and be their friend. And even if it like compromised another friendship, um, that's something that I felt like, especially as when I was younger, like that I was doing all the time to try and make friends. I had a lot of friends, but there's also friends that I was truly a backstabber in a lot of situations because I was like, no, I need to have this friend or yes, I was the same way for me. It was like, boys always came first. Yeah. And so if, I mean, it sounds terrible now as we're like older, but you were like, oh no, this happened to so-and-so. And you just said that to get into the group. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of my different friend groups never collided into one. Like they were all different. So for me, especially in like middle school and high school, I was in cheer. So in middle school, my cheer friends were not friends with my actual at school friends. And I used to try and like say certain things about my actual friends at school to try and get the cheer girls to like me more. Yeah. I, I don't know. I had, I had a lot of different friend groups too. Like I felt like I could walk in with the popular crew of kids and I felt like I could go hang out with like the band kids because I was in band or choir and, I don't know. I was, it was, it's weird because I had, my main friends were all nerdy friends, but there was like some friends in there that I would go to someone else and talk bad about. But yeah, in the long run, I feel like it never helped me out. You know, it always, like life always happened where it brought me to a path that was like, okay, you don't want to be in this path anymore. And it, but you made those situations worse for yourself. Right. And I feel like that one was huge for both of us because we never really had anybody to be like, okay, like you need to watch what you're doing with your friends. Like, because we had no guidance in that situation. Well, I feel like my family always had secrets between our family members and, um, just to make others like, like you. And I think that was kind of my motto. And, you know, I didn't necessarily mean anything like belligerent about it in school. It just kind of happened that way. That's how I learned it. Yeah. And I feel like that goes into our number two. Being a people pleaser is extremely draining. Do not fall into it. So for this, like Haley and I were out there entertaining a lot of different people in different types of friend groups. Right. And that all goes into both of us being a people pleaser and Honestly, it is extremely draining. Like at the end of the day, you're like, damn, that like you just feel so tired from trying to be somebody that you're not and trying to fit into all these different type of groups and settings. 
Well, I always felt like I was in band, so it was a nerd back then. Yeah. And then I was in choir, so I was also kind of a nerd, but it was a little bit higher of a tier, yeah. right, than the band geeks. And I feel like I always had to try to make friends somewhere, be a people pleaser yeah. to the, in a sense, bad kids that were talking about others. Yeah. Um. But I feel like that also happens in my family life even now. I struggle not being a people pleaser. Yeah. And I feel like for me in this situation, like I was in choir, I was in cheer, and I felt like my main friends were on like the quote unquote nerdier like side that all the people I don't want to say didn't want to talk to, but really didn't want to talk to. Yeah. And like my cheer friends were all very popular for the most part so like those two different groups made me really strive to be a people pleaser so I could please all my cheer friends all my choir friends you know in both of those different types of settings like they're very different yes there was some choir kids that were also cheerleaders but very minimal yeah I I don't know I feel like these days as I, I wish someone would have just came to me and was like, you just need to do you because at the end of the day, it's your life. It's no one else's life. So the choices right. that I make right now are for me only. And if that meant I had to step on someone's toes or make someone not happy, I wish someone would have been like, you know what, if, if you want to say go to college and someone's like, oh no, go to this other college go to the fucking college you want to go to because at the end of the day, it's your life and it's not theirs. And most of the time they're not even going to be at that college. Like, right. So I I don't know for me, like, well, hold on. Like five years ago, we thought we would have these friends forever. Right. And I can't even remember the last time I've talked to them. Exactly. Or seen them. So I just, I wish someone would have stopped and been like, Hey, do what you need to do for your life. For you and not for all these people that you're exactly. trying to entertain. And I felt like having all these friends, like I was getting my feelings hurt a lot more because there's different people you're trying to please. And when you don't act up to their standards in a certain group and you're falling back to your other groups, I guess, type, yeah. like my feelings were getting hurt more. And so this leads into number three, understand the five by five rule. Guys, this is seriously my favorite rule that I wish I would have learned sooner. And really, it's just if it's not going to affect you in five years, do not let it affect you for any longer than five minutes. Seriously, like there's so many things that happen in school five plus years ago that I don't even remember anymore, right? There's so many situations that I was so upset about and so butthurt about and I cried about and did whatever and let it bother me for more than five minutes and really it ruined my entire day or I let it ruin my entire week and it's not even something that is affecting me now five years later. Well, I wish someone was like, hey, this it's not worth the pain that you're going through right now. Just push forward, do what you need to do in life and would have said to me, you know, think of it this way. And that is truly what the five by five rule is, you know, in five years from now, are you really going to give a shit about that when you have your family surrounding you or whatever you have, you know, is that really going to 
really piss you off like it is right now. Yeah. And I feel like this, this rule can be applied to anybody at any age, even if you're older, younger, it doesn't matter. If it's not going to bother you in five years, do not let it bother you for any longer than five minutes. By all means, take that five minutes to really let yourself feel it out and be upset and be mad. But when that five minutes is done, throw it out the, like throw it over your shoulder. Just throw it in the garbage. Don't think about it anymore because there's no point in letting yourself well, why be ponder? upset about it. You yeah. don't have to ponder it. You know, I think that's a big thing with family or, you know, things that have happened in my past. It's like, if I look back now, I'm like, mm, you know, back then I was like, yeah, that I needed to fight for that at that time. But once that was done and over with or after I did fight about that situation and it went positive or negative, I should have just let it go. I should have moved on with my life and kept going because there's more positive things out there for you to focus on than all this negativity. Yeah. And when all this negativity adds up, if you're letting all of these situations just affect you longer than five minutes and you're bringing it into your next day and you're bringing it into the next week, even all these situations are just going to add up. And this can cause a lot of mental health issues. It can cause depression. It can cause you to overthink because really what you're doing, if you're letting it bother you for over a day is it's creating you to overthink the entire situation and blow it way out of proportion when it didn't even need to be like that. Well, it weighs on you. And then that also can allow like the struggle to go into your family or your kids, whoever you're dealing with, your coworkers. And, you know, I actually find myself trying to stop myself. You know, there's something that negative happens in my day. And I kind of like when you come over, for instance, for an example, is I maybe talk to you or bring you into that negative mind with me. And I'm really trying to stop if something negative is happening to me and be like, you know, what? it's not worth it. Like we can talk about it for a second, but to then keep coming back to it and keep pondering on it isn't good for me or the person I'm talking to. Right. And like, even if you need to just call somebody and let out whatever Some the steam. situation is like that's fine but um just preface that you need to put that boundary out first like hey i'm upset i don't want you to think i'm trying to feed you any negative energy just let me rant and don't take it to heart because right. like for both haley and i like we said we're people pleasers so one thing that we always want to do is help people so we're really like sponges. If there's any type of negative energy, negative vibes, anything going down, we soak that up and immediately try and fix it. Well, and I think that runs into, you know, you and I both have anxiety too. And it makes your mind run. Oh, if I don't do this, if I don't talk then about this. Yeah, then they're not going to like me. And that goes back just, into pe- being a people pleaser. It's really hard. The five by five rule is really great because it can set your mind back to being like, okay, I have to reset now. So I think that is really great. Number four is you are good enough. I wish I would have heard that so much more growing up. I feel like that would have helped me a lot with not only my self-esteem, but my mindset and my mental health. I cannot tell you any point in my growing up that somebody was like, Sophie, you are good enough. Like just literally looked at me or made the effort to tell me that I was good enough or that they were proud of me. That one I should have added in here as well is that being told that somebody was proud of me, I don't think I was ever told that. Yeah. Ever. I think it was very different at my dad's house. 
Um, I feel like a lot of feelings and emotions gotten away at my mom's house. And, you know, maybe when I was younger, she might have said those types of things. Um, And I very rarely remember her saying it in my high school years and stuff like that to me. Um, But I, I feel like it's, it's a little crazy to hear it uh, like verbally, not just over a text. It, it definitely hits different. Like now I have a really good set of friends that they, they tell me all the time that they, that I'm good enough and that they're proud of me over message. But I still cannot remember the last time somebody like verbally looked at me and was like, Sophie, you're doing amazing. You are good enough. Like you're going above and beyond whatever it is. Like I've never heard that type of praise. And so that still leads me into falling back into being a people pleaser because I've never had any type of confirmation to make me believe that I'm appreciated and I'm doing the things that I should be doing. Well, I don't know if you have this with your boys, but with my girls, I feel like I'm trying to like take this different parenting and it is actually as much as I absolutely love my girls. I tell them that all the time. It is very hard to me to say positive affirmations and I, and I don't know why it is, but it's like, you almost pause and you're like, oh, it's not weird to say out loud that I'm proud of them. Yes. And especially in front of other people. But it's almost like saying those words are like embarrassing to me. It's, it's you, because we're not used to it. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. It just doesn't seem normal. And I don't know. I feel like I really have to like that's just one of the things that I'm really trying to work on. Yeah, I'm the same way. So there's actually a TikToker that I watch that does positive affirmations with her daughter every day while she's doing her hair and when I try and do that with my boys I almost like choke at the yeah at the thought of saying it or like on the roof of my tongue I just it's really hard for me to get out and it's not that I don't want them to hear it it's because I it's uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable it feels embarrassing and it's nothing I should be embarrassed of but when you're not used to hearing those things in your own mind or being told that, it's really hard to reciprocate that into your parenting style, for sure. Well, I, I think it's hard, like, I don't know, coming from, like, different trauma and stuff like that, it's really hard to get emotional with those types of things that are just good. Like, oh, if someone didn't just have a funeral, let's all get sad, it's... No, they did a good thing today. They still look cute when they have PJs and messy hair. They yeah. still look good when they're all dolled up. Like these are these are some of the things that I really try to emphasize with the girls and trying to learn for myself, you know, because I am one of those people that roll out of bed and I just go straight to the mirror. Yeah. What do I look like? That's how it I doesn't am matter. Too. Like I've been with Zach for eight years. He could give two shits what I look like. And it's just the girls. Yeah. You know, but I'm the same way. Even when on my weeks off and I'm home alone, the very first thing I do when I roll out of bed is I look in the mirror and it's hard to say one nice thing about myself when I roll out of bed. Yeah. So I, I, I don't feel know. like I'm personally getting better with it. Um, like with my face or like, you know, that kind of feature in my stomach. It's, that's just a whole nother story. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a lot better at it too, especially after like 
you know, getting extensions and doing the things that I want to do for myself and consistently going to the gym. Like I've been a lot better, but it's still hard, especially like when I'm bloated or when I'm breaking out, like when I see those things, it's really hard for me to continue on a positive reinforcement for myself. Well, I think with my mom growing up, I always saw her um, be very self-conscious about herself and the way that she looked. And it's like, I don't think my mom's mom, and I could be wrong, ever looked at my mom and was like, you know, you're beautiful for who you are. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's beautiful in their own way, whether you see it or not. Yeah. And just as kids, we see everything that yeah. goes on. I saw that my mom woke up and she needed makeup on right and away. that's how my mom was too. <clears throat> yep. She would never leave the house without makeup. Like if her yep. makeup wasn't on, we weren't going anywhere. And so that I kind of fell into that same habit. I mean, I don't really wear makeup like anymore. Um, but it took you a long time. Yeah. Like, yes, I get my lashes done. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't wear face makeup. Like, yeah. I don't, but that I used to wear makeup every single day. I could not leave the house without yeah. makeup. So did I. And that's really just because of that's how I saw my mom. Yeah, exactly. So number five is trauma comes in many forms and one is not bigger than another. I always have to remember this. And this came from uh, one of the counselors that I went to, she had said to me, um, don't ever think that your trauma and where you came from is less or more than someone else's because people go through things very differently and we should all just be respectful to everybody's issues and listen and and just because somebody else's situation seems worse or less than yours doesn't mean that it is because yeah. we're all in our own lives, right? So the things that are happening in our lives are going to seem either big or small to us and seem different to somebody else. But realistically, we don't need to compare traumas to one another because at the end of the day, it's trauma yeah. and you're feeling these things and you're going through these situations and just because somebody else is going through something doesn't mean that you need to compare that. Well, and I think verbal and emotional abuse and all of that, it's all on the same spectrum line, right? Like it's all the same. I'm Nothing is worse than another. And, you know, we have to remember that when we're reaching out to someone, don't think that you can't reach out because they've gone through something that you know about that in your eyes is worse. Yeah. We all have we all have different personalities. And what I think is very interesting about me having triplets is even you, I'm sure, notice when you come over, all three of them have completely different personalities. Yes. And that's with everybody in this world. So they may have taken something different in their lives and changed it, you know, in many different lights. Right. Because nobody is the same to two people right so everybody's different so everybody's going to process things different everybody's mindset is different so you really have to take that to heart when you're thinking about trauma in different forms so number six is money is not everything i wish i really would have thought about that when i was younger because especially like growing up i've seen all these girls at school getting all these cool shoes, all these cute clothes. They're getting Aeropostale, American Eagle, whatever from the mall. And I used to have to get my clothes from Goodwill. My mom would be like, okay, well, we can go to St. Vincent de Paul or we can go to Goodwill and you can pick out five shirts there. And then I would try and find any type of name brand at Goodwill to try and match these girls. Yeah. And I remember specifically, um, 
in seventh grade, if anybody remembers, when Osiris's were huge. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was the last person, I felt like, in my school to get Osiris's. And I got these. Looking back, they're <laughs> real interesting. I had, I had white and orange ones. Yeah. So I had all these all silver, completely like decked out in sparkles, Osiris's. And I was so excited that I got them. And then probably two weeks later, they died out. So they and they weren't cool anymore. And then it was on to moccasins. Okay. (laughs) And everybody had like the American Eagle version of moccasins or whatever brand it was. And I had the Payless brand. Okay. Which actually I loved them because they were soft. But I had the Payless too. I loved Payless. I just like looking back, like the money really didn't matter. Like my mom was trying to get me these things. Yes, it was usually at the end of when it was cool, but she tried. Yeah. I think um, we all, like, I'm sure you, as being a mom right now, you're like, you know, I want my boys to have so much more than what I did. And I think we all go through that, that mode when we become a parent. You know, we want something more for them. And I catch myself doing that now, like, no, my girls need this because I didn't have it. And it's like, I have to take a step back sometimes and be like, you know, we don't have the money for that, but they have everything they want. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I get for the girls is stuff off Marketplace because it's so much cheaper. Yeah. And I do the and same who cares? Thing. But I feel like I still see myself falling back into that habit because now that I do have the money for these things, like... Yeah. I'm buying myself whatever I want. And if it's name brand and I think it's cool, I'm getting it. Like, because I didn't have that luxury. So now I feel like I'm at a point in my life that I'm able to afford these things and I'm going to get them regardless. And, you know, I still go to Goodwill. I still go to thrift shops. I love thrift shops. so do I. And you can find really good stuff there, honestly. And it's really not about, like, the money anymore. But because I didn't have that growing up, like, you want it more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this goes into number seven. The universe is your reflection. Ooh, this one's good. I like this one a lot, actually. Um, I just, and I go, I always go back to this, like, you just need to do you. Like, there's no one else in control of your own life. It may feel like there's people out there that, do have an impact on your life because they do. Um, But it's taken me the last four years of me being single to really take the time to focus on myself and really get to know me because I feel like all throughout my entire life, I have not had the chance to just really sit down and get to know who I am. And I feel like now that I've been alone, I have really gotten the chance to figure out who I actually am. and Instead of being molded by other people. Correct. <clears throat> and I feel like the universe is your reflection really is just what that says. Like the, what you're putting out into the universe is going to be reflected back to you in any type of situation. No, I, I agree completely. I think it's really kind of fun because right now – You know, I have like my cousin going through a lot with her work and I have, you know, my sister going through college and stuff like that. And, and we're very close where we like talk about stuff. And I feel like I've gotten to the point in my life where I understand that the universe is my reflection and what I put into it, I'm going to get out of it. And it's really fun to 
like help those around me that not are not understanding that yet or are just starting out to their adulthood and are kind of stuck in that place that I was maybe five years ago. Yeah, before you learn that. Correct, yeah. Um, but I, I think this this one is like a big one for people that they really need to ingrain it in your head that you can do the shit that you want to do no matter what. Yeah, and the energy that you're literally putting out is what you're going to be receiving back. And this really flows into... Um, number eight, you are the main character in this story and really in your own story because it's your own life. So I wanted to just say, and this kind of goes with the last one too, is you will always have people that come in your life that are only there for a little bit just to teach you a lesson. Yes. And you're going to have people that come in your life that are there forever. And, um, I've been, you know, trying to think of this one like over and over again in my head as well. But it makes me understand with that quote, it makes me understand why people have left out of my life, whether it was very painful or not. I've learned lessons on what I want to do in my life and what not to do in my life because of those people have walked in and walked out. Right. And if you think about it, like it really is just like a big book. There's the beginning, there's the middle, which is the plot and the ending. And Usually in some of these stories, there's a situation where somebody is going to teach the main character something. There's going to be a situation where the main character is put in. There's going to be something bad that the main character is put through. In all these situations, it the main character is the main character, and they're going to go through it regardless. And usually the main character has the right and the choice to make the decision on how the ending is going to work out. Exactly. So number nine is feel your fears and overcome them. Emotions are seriously a good thing. Yeah, it took me forever to learn that because growing up, um, I was always told, Sophie, don't cry. Like you're overreacting. You're doing this. Like you're being a baby, like grow up, whatever. And now I feel very numb to a lot of situations. Like it takes a lot for me to cry. Um, Like I can't even think about like the last time I like full on bawled my eyes out over just shit I used to cry over. Yeah. Right. Like emotions, I feel like they're now, well, they're so important. Yeah. And they're very personal too. So it's something that you need to feel with yourself and to be able to overcome what you're feeling. Well, we've grew up in the society now that, it's not okay if you do have emotions. If a kid cries in a restaurant or a store, they're Everybody looks. the mom and the dad that are the parent to that child or the grandma or whatever it is gets looked down on. Yeah. And I find myself doing this to other people and I have to think in my head like, okay, stop. That That's not right. I'm a parent myself. I've gone through situations like that and I don't know. It's just, it's very hard because- emotions are not something that is okay in the world that we live in today. Yeah, It's and I a feel sign like, of weakness for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. And like as a parent, it's really hard for me to teach my kids that emotions are a good thing because I was never taught that. So I, I still find myself telling my kids like, stop crying. Like, what yeah. are you crying over? Well, and I think for you and I, when they're crying or whining or any of this stuff, it's super overwhelming. Yes. And it's almost like a trigger. Like yes. the first time you hear that cry 
or the wine whining is like my major trigger and it's very hard for me to like recollect myself to not yell well and you're it's almost like your blood boils and you're like at the top of your limit and like, you're like a volcano no. and like mm-hmm. the next wine is just gonna all spill over yeah and it's really hard to like try and regulate your own emotions for this situation like crying and whining is really hard yeah <laughs> it's so hard huh? it's like, hard I, i'll it's- admit that I, uh, like I said, I've gotten a lot better, but there is times where I text Zach and and I'm thankful that I have another person where for you, you don't have someone to just step in for you. You know what I mean? So that's a whole different dynamic for single moms, single dads to work into their schedule to help. But it's like, sometimes I'm like, I need to leave. Yeah. I'm done with this. You know, I give so many props to people that like people like like you. I I don't know how you do it all week with your kids. You know what I mean? I, I honestly don't know how I do it. Yes, I yell probably more than most people should. But yeah. realistically, like I don't have 10, 20 minutes to go take a breather and right. calm myself down. I can't ask for help because I am my help. Yeah. So even when I'm in the bathroom with the door locked, like on the edge of blowing up my kids are like right like on the fucking door well and i think like the like for us we were never taught emotions so how the fuck are we supposed to teach our kids emotions it's just when we can't even regulate our own like it's so hard it's really difficult it's really difficult um so the last one right yeah the last one is fewer friends equals more happiness I believe 100% in this. Yeah, because like we said, we had so many people um, (laughs) trying, like so many people that we were trying to please. And um, like I felt like at the end of the day, I was just not happy. Well, I had... Because it's so exhausting. So I think it's true that once you have kids or you leave high school and you go to college or whatever, or you go in the workforce... You figure out who your true friends are. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. I feel like when I when I was pregnant, okay, I felt like everybody in the world was so excited for me. I was like, all my posts were blowing up. Everybody is so excited. Yeah. Then when I gave birth, where the fuck did everybody go? They're gone. Holy shit. It's like everybody just fell off the planet yeah. fucking earth. Yeah. And I, I had like four friends. And I was like, mm-hmm. where were all these people that were just saying congrats i'm so excited for you a month ago and now i have my baby and y'all are like gone yeah so with braxton i felt a lot more love right like i had all these people in my your corner yeah and as braxton got older all of that started to dissipate right and then i got pregnant with colt and everybody in the world came back again and they were so excited and whatever and then when i had colt that's when reality really hit me over the head um about fewer friends equals more happiness because i had none yeah it was just me and colt's dad and his mom in the delivery room Mm -hmm. and i had like three friends maybe two friends come see me right in the hospital after and even now i have a solid like four or five friends yeah and i mean i count you but you're my cousin so yeah. like you don't count at the same time you yeah do, but you don't. <laughs> um so it's like very minimal and i've no but i feel like i feel like once you had colt too like and we've talked about this is i was in a very 
dark place. Yeah. Like, and I admitted straight out to you, I dropped off the face of the earth for both the boys. Yeah. And I still, to this day, like, hate myself for it, you know? But I feel like it was harder for you to, like, in. I felt like it was harder for you to admit that because I gave you the role of godmother for Braxton, right? Yeah. So I feel like you were going through these hard times and then you got that role on top of it. And then I feel like now you regret it because you oh, weren't there sure. because of that situation. Yeah. I don't know. I think when I had, uh, when I went to college, I had like so many best friends in quotations. Yeah. Um, in high school, when I went to college, they were gone. Like I went to Appleton. So it was like 20 minutes from here. Yeah. But I still lived in De Pere. Like I lived in De Pere with my now husband. Yeah. And um, so I never left. A lot of those friends never left, but we never talked to each other. Yeah. Um, And I think just recently you and I had like gone through our friends list on, list on Facebook and I took out a lot of our quote unquote friends off of there. And I'm going to tell you what, after I did that, it feels like so much weight Way off my shoulder. Seriously, I got to the end of my list and I deleted that last person and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, Delete I people just, you don't talk to. Like, especially people, even people that you do talk to, but post negative stuff all the time. Yes, that was my delete big them. one. Um, it, was, it was really hard for me to delete people because I'm like, oh, they like my pictures. They hurt my pictures. But realistically, if I'm not having a conversation with you or you're not commenting on my stuff on Facebook and or I'm not commenting on yours, I'm probably going to delete you. My biggest thing is have I really seen you more than like one time in the last year? Yeah. Or and talk if, to you. If we've never hung out, if we've never had a conversation, anything, I'm going to delete you. And I already did that. I have so. less than 100 friends. Yeah. I have like, <laughs> I have like 300, but... To be fair, guys, I had over 4,000 friends. So, and now I'm like around 300. So that was a big cut. I even, I mean, I even feel like (laughs) some of my family members too, like I've cut out some family members and it's like, holy fuck, I am like so much happier and I'm so much more sane, like not having to do with that (sighs) because... Guys, if you've listened to our previous episodes, um, our family talks, okay? So yeah. I, f- I feel like I can post whatever I want, and my we cousin that I don't drama. even talk to is not going to hear about it. Like, my mom is really bad with talking out her ass, okay? So the second she sees anything on Facebook, she's calling my grandma, she's calling my whole freaking family, telling them. So I don't have my mom on Facebook. Yeah. I don't have damn near half my family on Facebook and nor do I want to because it's just you know what it's just comforting like it's exhausting like like when they were on there Mm -hmm. it was exhausting having that having to watch what you post watch what you say do whatever but maybe I shouldn't post this yeah I should and And now that I don't have them I'm like fuck it I'm gonna post what I want and I don't give a damn what you have to say yeah realistically exactly so well I I find myself more intently in with like my family and I feel like mentally I'm more stable. Yeah. I feel like lately I've felt more alone than I've ever been in my whole life. Um, But I'm also like kind of going through it right now. But I feel like me feeling like I'm so alone is going to be beneficial to me in the long run. Yeah. So we got to do you first. Period. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, guys, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Bye.